0: the Brain Candy Podcast. Hi there. I sound like I'm calm, cool, and collected, but I am not because guess who I'm about to interview? Oh. I'm literally, I'm not literally dying right now because I, <laughs> because I get to talk to John Ronson, who is the prolific writer who was one of our book club selections for September with So You've Been Publicly Shamed. Mm-hmm. But he's, a monster, like he is a literary giant. Yes, that we somehow scored an interview with. Yes,
1: like scored.
0: I don't understand how we got it, but I don't care. I'm not gonna. I don't want to like think too hard about it. On big time,
1: he he's big huge. Interviews.
0: We don't. I mean, we're not worthy. We're not worthy. <laughs> Wayne and Garthier, and yeah. we are not worthy. <sighs> you know what I love about him? <laughs> Everything. No, but that he. Always has a new thing that's on his mind, like mm-hmm. that's got his motor running. Passion. He's passionate yeah. and he's thorough. Mm-hmm. In an age of like crappy think pieces that like people write in an hour, he puts the time and effort into amazing work. I could go on and on about John and I will, but before we get too far into it, Sarah, give me a second. I gotta talk about my favorite new product, BioClarity. It is a three-step wash system that will change your skin. It changed mine. It is soothing and non-abrasive. And if you want to take a look at it, go to bioclarity.com and enter the code BRAINCANDY. You'll get your first month for $9.99, which is $20 off, and you get free shipping. And it's just naturally better. It's, um, it doesn't have harsh chemicals, and it penetrates your pores and gives you fresh clean, beautiful skin. At least it did for me. So I want you guys to try it. Let me know if you love it as much as I do. And go to bioclarity.com and use promo code BRAINCANDY to get a bargain. You'll love it. So if you didn't read So You've Been Publicly Shamed, it's about the digital culture, especially on Twitter, where an unsuspecting person who has just like a couple followers, like a normal human, says something inelegantly in Mm -hmm. a way that, you know, could be misconstrued or is probably not tactful.
1: Yes, that's a good way to put it.
0: And then it blows up. That's just one example. But he he talked about people that have been involved in sex scandals, people that um, got found to be plagiarizing books. But then the pile-on that happens online afterwards and how, like, It can ruin your whole life. And all you did was say something dumb on Twitter one time. And
1: who hasn't said something dumb?
0: I shouldn't have a career. (laughs) (laughs) If that's the criteria. Um, And so like he shows in the book, this picture of a girl who went to Arlington Cemetery and there was a sign that said no yelling and no, Disrespectful yeah, behavior yeah, or something. It's like no
1: disrespect, no yelling. And
0: she's in the picture, like pretending to yell and giving the finger, which is so stupid. But I mean, I have done far worse. Yeah. And she got publicly shamed because it went viral. And so he talks about what happened to her in real life, what it was like to be a victim of public shaming, and why we as humans are so inclined to be a part of this pseudo activism Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. like public lynching like digital lynching essentially yeah and anyway the book is fantastic and our book club really enjoyed it so I wanted to have him on and get the skinny on like what insight he gained from writing the book and the people that he met along the way and I can't wait to hear yeah so let's uh Let's say hello to Mr. John Ronson, the second love of my life. Sorry, Adam. <laughs> Here he is. Hi, John. Hello. This sounds great. And I'm so excited <laughs> that we get to talk to you.
2: Right. That's my pleasure. I hope I could. Can... I don't actually know what we're talking about. <laughs> I, um...
0: Sarah, my co host, and I have a book club. Um, for Mm -hmm. our podcast listeners and we chose so you've been publicly shamed in part because we felt that our experiences on reality tv although this is a silver lining right now uh (laughs) have not always been positive and we've kind of felt there's been some shame there and it was obviously very public so our readers all enjoyed the book and we harassed you into talking to us and it's the best day ever (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> well, that's good. Well, I'm glad the readers enjoyed it. Did, did they read the uh, the paperback edition that has the new chapter at the end?
0: Yes, we did. Good.
2: I'm glad that's now become the thing that people read. Why? I, I Tell wish me I why. Could... Oh, only because I just felt the hardback didn't have a proper ending and, ah. and the paperback does. The paperback just feels like a more kind of satisfying ending, I think.
0: Yeah, I agree because I, it spoke to some of the things that were... Uh, came up for mm-hmm. me when I was reading it. So I agree with you about that. The book's awesome. Cool. You're awesome. And I just well, wonder, like, are you trying to be so uh, adorable all the time? Or is it just like who you are? <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's not an easy question for me to answer. Uh,
0: well, like you're I... always talking in interviews, like you say you have anxiety and you, but it's it doesn't yeah. come across like that.
2: Well i've never seen oh no, I definitely have anxiety um, and i always I feel that like it's important, not important. I just sort of never felt that having anxiety was anything to to hide like I know mm. that some people feel like ashamed of their defects, but i kind of <laughs> think um, I kind of think this defect is fine um, yeah. Because I'm not, you know, because it's just part of who I am, and it's just that. And plus, I think I've probably realised at some point in my life that, like, what I feel, like, um, that that my, you know, my way of seeing the world, and my, you know, if I can get to the kind of truth of 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 you know, who I am and how I see the world, then that would. Uh, resonate with some people because I'm not like an aberration. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's other people who must see the world the same way that I do. So um, I suppose I, I thought, well, not because I just really should be honest about everything. And, and then I, I then I thought, well, that's kind of, it's sort of funny to, I was always critical of, I remember years ago, there was this TV show in Britain. Um, I can't remember what it was called, but I just remember this one moment when the presenter um, his name was Donald McIntyre and he was undercover at some fashion shows in, in Paris and somebody offered him cocaine. And so we went into the toilet and he's got hidden cameras all over his body and you can see him like in the mirror opening up this this. Little envelope of cocaine and putting it down the toilet and looking sort of you know disgusted. Like, he, and I was thinking, watching this guy, you know, you work like you've never seen cocaine. You work at the BBC, and <laughs> um, I don't know it, God, That sort of performance journalism where mm. you're setting yourself above the people that you're writing about. Yeah, it's kind of just it's annoying oh. and it's pretentious and and so I thought, well, you know, I should be open about my own flaws and defects like a it's more honest b it could be funnier and um, and c it'll kind of connect with people because we all feel flawed and and you know full of idiocies
0: well i feel like that comes through especially for example in this book where you willingly went to the kinky show and like watched <laughs> the humiliation porn
2: yes and then got in the way of the shot
0: oh yes i I wish i had seen that clip but i don't know if i could take the rest of it
2: someone sent me the clip no Uh, yeah or sent me a still uh (laughs) there i am looking all tweedy and owl like in the midst of um... um and then i excitedly posted the still on twitter and then I got loads of complaints about why am I posting sexually explicitly oh on God, Twitter? That's so oh, that's I,
0: where they draw the line, right?
2: Yeah. <laughs> so I hurriedly deleted it. I've actually been spending a lot more time um, in the world of porn lately because I'm, I'm I'm making a series for Audible, an audio series about the tech takeover of the porn industry, like what happened when tech oh. nerds took over porn. Yeah, um, what,
1: what did happen? Yeah. <laughs> well.
2: I mean, basically, should I be putting something got... different
1: into my Google search?
2: <laughs> right. To find the good well, stuff or what? Yeah, well, well, basically, what happened was that the tech nerds got very rich
3: and yeah.
1: the poor yeah.
2: people got very poor. <gasps> uh, so, no. so I've been spending a lot of time on porn sets. Like just in the last couple of weeks, I've been on the set of Bad Babysitters <gasps> Volume 2. Stuff. <Stop>. <laughs> yeah, and also Step Stepdaughter Tearleader Audrey.
1: No, well, this no, is a no. very specific type
2: <laughs> here.
3: Yeah,
1: we'll wonder mantel.
2: why. I, yeah, that's coincidence. But also, um, it you know, it's everything's keywordy now. So, you know, just ordinary people having sex—that's not keyword. Um, mm. It's got to be either teens or or milfs
3: oh, or milfs. <laughs> <It's laughs>
2: MILFs. you yeah, the know, yeah. they the just tween. don't
1: want we're in a bracket nobody
2: wants Susie. That's so true. regular old ladies <laughs> exactly was... you're in the uh the fallow years between yeah. womp,
1: womp. in
0: 20 <laughs> years we'll be great again
2: <laughs>
1: so we'll, we'll have some
0: god willing uh, oh my work. gosh well you, i guess that's the beauty of what you do and sort of how your books are uh so different from each other is that you must not get bored right
2: yeah, I mean the hard part is always the start. Like, what is the question that I want answered? I, I, that's always the, the tough. That's the tough part. Like, what don't I understand about the world? And um, so I'm, I'm always sort of searching for that. And then, like, and hopefully the, the journey will kind of take me on great adventures.
3: Do so you once feel... I've,
2: I'm uh, sorry. No, just I was going to say that once I've found the question that I want to answer and I feel confident about that, everything gets much easier. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought
1: it
0: was an eco move. then do you feel mm-hmm. like you got to the bottom of it or do you, or is it just open another, like a rabbit hole of more questions?
2: No, it's, I tend to like, when I feel like I've got to the bottom of it, I feel like the book is, is finished. And, mm. and then, um, and then I can't go back to it. Like I've got no interest in going back to it. Mm. Uh, I I could hear tremendous rustling. Is that you? Is that me? Oh,
0: I'm sorry. If it is, I'll stop it immediately. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Quit that rustling, uh, right. Susie. So this is right. So this is like the This is like the problem for people who write the way that I do. Like there's certain writers who have got like one subject that they're really interested in, and then they just write the same thing over and over again.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, So like there's this guy that I'm friends with in London um, who always writes called Ben Goldacre and he always writes about pseudoscience and, you know, that's one book is called Bad Science. And he's very, he's a doctor and he's very happy to just write about that over and over again. But, But my problem is that once I've like fully investigated a world and had adventures and, got to the end of it and feel like I've solved the mystery, I kind of can't go back to that world because solving the mystery means there's no... Mm. there's no. Where's the fun? Win- yeah, where's the fun, exactly. So as I get older, more and more areas are closed off to me. So mm. since I wrote Psychopath Test, I can't write about mental health labelling anymore or psychopaths. Since I wrote So You've Been Publicly saying I can't really write about you know, social media shamings anymore. Uh, so so the older I get, the harder it gets.
0: Yeah, you're running out of topics.
2: <laughs> mm, mm. I mean, luckily the world keeps changing. Yeah, so, thank goodness. Yeah, so um, um, so, so more topics present themselves. like things are alive today that wouldn't have been alive 10 years ago. So, you know, that, that helps.
0: After you published, so you've been publicly shamed, did you feel like, people treated you differently online
2: yeah i like a small group of people um decided to kind of get me get you yes like like you know false narratives began to spread about Mm, that's interesting why Like like what like well, basically, I mean, in a nutshell, without you know, um, people thought, you know, who am I to defend privileged oh. white people? Um, oh. Like, why? Frickin you know, when people, people of co- <laughs> like, but you know, basically, <laughs> when people of color are being shot in North Carolina, who am I to be concerned about people like just in oh. soccer? And
3: oh, you know, so.
2: Like, like on one level, I, I understand that, but on another level, it's like, why does one?
0: Right. Should
2: not we, we be concerned about it at all? Like the whole thing. Yes. Like, and so, um, so that was the criticism, and, and it, was, it was a kind of small but relentless group of people, you know, crea- <laughs> creating a false yeah. narrative. Like it's 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 ridiculous.
1: You know. Yeah, you're looking at a part that. of a whole. You're not yeah. making assumptions about the
2: entire whole. No, exactly. You know. And in fact, the book does look at,
3: yeah.
1: you
2: know, people of color, it looks at stop and frisk, um, you know, so it does look at those areas. Um, but it was it was like a fake, you know, I'm I'm, I'm convinced that the people who, who went after we hadn't read the book, because if they had. Oh, was, yeah, that's that. Yeah. I can believe that one. Yeah. S- so that kind of, I don't know, I, I, I gave that more weight in my mind than than I should have done, I think.
0: Why do you like, think that is? Why do you think you did give it more weight? I don't know. I,
2: I But it's certain that... This has happened to me in the past. Like, I, I remember I made the series called Secret Rulers of the World, which was like a big... Which was quite a big hit in Britain. And the one or two problems with the series completely overwhelmed the fact that the series was like a hit and lots of mm-hmm. people loved it. It's like I suddenly realised, you know, I've spent all year worrying about about you know that I completely didn't enjoy yeah the the fun of, the, of it being successful and I think <laughs> probably the same thing happened with Shane. like like I spent the whole year wanting to try and you know change the minds of the small group of people who were against it and as a result I never sat back and and just sort of took pleasure <laughs> for the fact that most people really loved it
0: who was that
2: that was uh, my dog, but I'm not sure which dog. Um, it was Floppy. Hey, floppy. floppy. <laughs> yeah, we we named him Floppy before we met him, and actually, he's not that floppy. Oh, know yeah, I was any, I was
1: picking up on I, that. I was like, I bet this is a floppy that's not
2: very floppy. <laughs> yeah, if I could turn back the clock, I think I'd call him Alert.
1: Alert. <laughs>
0: Alert. Yeah. Oh,
1: well, it sounds like he lives up great. to his secret name Mm -hmm.
0: here's what i want to (laughs) know from you sir whenever Uh you talked about justine sacco who is the Mm -hmm. infamous um tweeter gone wrong um talking Uh about south africa uh you talked about in general how public shaming is so horrible and cruel that you know that's why it's employed by people like hitler and these people that we think of that are monsters. Mm -hmm. But then when thinking about Justine, one of the things that makes the reader, at least me feel really sorry for her is the real world consequences that she lost her job and her identity became a part of this controversy. So do you think it really is the public shaming like online? That's the problem or the combination with the real world stuff.
2: Well, I think that the, um, yeah, I think if I'd come across a story where a so where shaving happened online and then everybody just forgot about it two days later and got yeah. on with their lives, I don't think I'd have put it in the book. I, I think I was deliberately looking for for stories where it all spiralled, um, yeah. you know, like Lindsay Stone or Justin Sacco or people like that. And there's been lots of other cases, obviously, since the book came out. Um, so yeah, I was I was only really interested in stories where social media kind of set the agenda and then corporations and the mainstream media and everybody else stepped into line, kind of fell into line because they were scared.
0: Yeah, right. And Mm -hmm. that's what's weird is then these people end up getting other jobs. It's not as if they're unemployable. It's almost like the company just has to make a statement.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is, I mean, you know, which I think is terrible. It's like, yeah. it's it's bowing to, to fear. You know, yeah. everybody, I'm I'm sure, you know, with with the people who were fired in my book because I was deliberately choosing people whose transgressions were kind of, un, you know, not particularly serious, mm-hmm. you know, um, like jokes, you know, liberal jokes that were, you know, misconstruable. Yeah. Uh, for instance, you know, bad wording. Um, you know, I wouldn't have written about actual racists. So, you know, I was, I was my my sphere of interest was like quite mm-hmm. narrow in this book. I think, um, yeah, people, everybody knew. Like, you know, when they fire someone, it's da- it's kind of corporate damage limitation. It's, it's yeah, like
0: the companies yeah. just use it as a way mm-hmm. of branding themselves. Weirdly,
2: yeah, it's it's cowardice. Um, um, and all the time, those of us on social media still like to see ourselves as powerless. It only works if we see ourselves as powerless. And in, re- and in real life, individually, we may be powerless, but power shifts fast.
0: Yeah. And,
2: and and I suppose my book was looking at the shifting sands of, you know, about how power shifts.
0: The people that you covered in the book, did they talk to you afterwards and say that they were glad they'd did speak with you uh
2: most <clears throat> sorry i'm coughing um most of them were very happy um uh, and one or two were not happy
0: were they mad at um, you uh i
2: think um i think joan alera was quite mad at me
0: why um
2: well i mean i agree I, I think that um uh i think i i was i was very nice to him but I, th- I think he, you know, felt he would he would have rather that he hadn't been in the book at all, oh. like like no portrait at all was better than a humanist portrait. Right. I mean, ironically, people who, who were against Jonah Lehrer were mad at me for you know for being too nice to Jonah. Right, um, you can't win. Yeah, that Jonah was mad at me for you know for putting him there, putting him in there at all. Um, uh, but Justine and Lindsay Stone, the pe- you know,
3: um,
2: yeah. they they were very happy and and um, you know, kind of emailed me to tell me so.
0: Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about, all from the comfort of your home, isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking what's your secret. Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only fourteen ninety-five. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at bite.com. That's B Y T E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Bite. So I am a doctor of religious studies, and lately we've been talking on this show about millennials. And Uh we've been talking about how they have um, largely left religion in America. They're not affiliating. And I was thinking about in your book at the end where you talk about how um, if you choose ideologues over over people, then Mm -hmm. everyone ends up being a hero or a villain. And then I was thinking about how in the absence of religion, maybe some folks miss that concept of good versus evil and black and white everybody fits into one category or the other and I was wondering if you think that's ridiculous or not
2: <laughs> no I think that's interesting <laughs> I think you make a good point um
0: because I mean, why whether, else would it be why um
2: it's funny I was just watching an episode of South Park at the gym and there's a line in it where uh from uh, it's like last week or two weeks ago and there was a line of it where all the girls, you know, at South Park Elementary decide to teach all the boys a lesson. And one of the boys says, this is how things are now. Um, we get blamed um, because we're part of a group, not whether or not we've done anything wrong. Mm.
3: Um,
2: and, you know, things have shifted into that direction. I don't know if it's a replacement for religion. What, what I do think is that it's a, quite often, it's a sort of misplaced sense of social justice. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's not actual. Yeah, i said this before, but, you know, the people in my book didn't fall foul of social justice. What they fell foul of was a kind of pathetic alternative to social justice. Mm. Um, I mean, I, I think, anyway, destroying people like mm-hmm. Lindsay Stone and Justine Sacco is not social justice. It's more, it's, you know, it's more kind of performance piety. It's mm-hmm. just easy. Mm-hmm uh so yeah i think it's um so whether it's a re- i can see that it's equitable to religion but i'm not sure if it's a replacement for religion yeah. or not
0: yeah and it feels like yeah. kind of in the same category too of just slacktivism where it's easier to just send out a tweet real quick than to actually do anything <laughs> that matters yes
2: yeah. and it's uh you know it's the echo chamber it's the yeah, and it's the kind of mutual approval machine of Twitter yeah. where we just really want to show people that we're compassionate people and that we. Um, my friend Adam Curtis, he's a documentary maker. He you know, said to me one time, it's no surprise that the internet was created by engineers because you know what do engineers love nothing more than uh, stability? So they create these kind of social media networks where everybody, where it's all running in a stable way. Everybody's agreeing with each other. Mm. Everybody's approving each other. It's like, a, it's like a smooth running machine. And then a destabilising fragment gets into the machine, like Lindsay Stone or mm-hmm. Rachel Dolezal or Justin Sacker or whoever. Um, And then we sort of furiously, like a a machine that doesn't want to break, we like kind of furiously eject them. And then, um, you know, and this is, and so it's no surprise that these systems were created by engineers.
0: When you talked about, so you mentioned the gendered component to public shaming, and then you explore it a little more in the afterward of the paperback. Were mm-hmm. you surprised at what a fuss that got?
2: Um. Well, uh, oh yeah. Um, I mean, <laughs> yes. I was. I, love I, was it. I was. Yes, I was very surprised because I think the book is all you know. It's almost entirely about women having it worse than men, mm-hmm. um, and you know the fact is almost every case study in the book is a woman. I I talk. Very, um, uh, you know, I I talk overtly about how women have it worse than men. Um, You know, people call for men to be fired. People call for women to be raped. And I talk a lot about misogyny. um, And it's kind of all the way through the book. And then the book came out um, and a small number of feminist groups were like, John Ronson doesn't even understand that women have it worse than men. (laughs) <laughs> uh, but like that 's kind of what the book's about so it's you know so uh, you know it's, it's kind of it's annoying as i say I, I worried and got upset more than I should have done because because well for instance like um lots of feminist writers they kindly came out and supported the book yeah so so i don't know why you know why i'm not happy about that and instead upset about the small group of people who got the book wrong but I guess that's just human nature isn't it we we think about the bad stuff and disregard the good stuff and and I used to be much better like in the old days if a book of mine came out and if it got like some good reviews and some bad reviews I would think okay I'm going to be just as unhappy about the bad reviews as I am happy about the good reviews which is barely at all like like you get a good <laughs> review and you read it and you're happy for about uh, five seconds yeah and then and then you just go back to your normal miserable self you think that's you maybe a
1: confirmation bias that's attached to the crippling anxiety yeah.
3: you discussed?
1: <laughs> <laughs> you're looking probably, for right
2: probably. You're looking but for i used that. to think right, probably but but i used to think like um Okay, if I'm only happy about a good review for five seconds, I'm only going to be unhappy about a bad review for five seconds and I, and I was quite good at it and and but then, with this book, for some reason the the bad stuff sort of um snaked its way into me more than in the past
0: but do you don't do you have any regrets
2: no because no because you know the the book itself i think is really good and 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 actually it doesn't do the stuff that that the people who were getting the book getting at the book said it did right uh, I, I think, think it's necessary actually... to discuss this
0: what public shaming yes yeah absolutely
2: uh, I, I kind of think so and i think also i mean it's been, this kind of stuff's been talked about a lot now um you know this whole series of south parks about it for instance but um, you know, the fact is, like my book and Monica Lewinsky's TED talk,
3: mm-hmm.
2: kind of start, kind of kick started this whole discussion. You know, yes. and, and I think I think Monica and I should feel proud and happy about that. Of yeah. course, of course, you know, as always, I, I found reasons to be miserable but um <laughs> oh <my
3: gosh. laughs> but
2: i should feel i should remember that and feel good about it i mean the fact that i've just pointed it out to you means that obviously part of me is quite happy about it but well, yeah.
0: um, and we love the yeah. book and our readers all yeah, loved it as well really we did. had a great discussion about it um why Thank are you. you i'll tell
2: you one thing though can i say something contrarily? Yeah. <laughs> um i was thinking this the other day um around the same time that my um this is the first time i've what I' about to say this' is the first time I've kind of said it out loud, but i've just i've been thinking it the last week or so so around the same time that that my my book came out, I wrote the story about actors of Middle Eastern descent who come to Hollywood hoping to make it um as stars um and then find out that they can only get work playing terrorists so yeah. it's It's a story about you know systemic. Racism in mm-hmm. in Hollywood, mm-hmm. um, and you know, and it was a it was a really good piece. I mean, I thought this piece is going to go like crazy viral. Like this is such a great piece, and like nobody cares. <laughs> you know, it got like a few mm. shares, and then my Justin Sacco story. People want me to talk about that story over and over and over and over again, and it does make me wonder whether that's partly because of some form of systemic racism.
1: Oh, you know, I, when you were talking about this, so this is just where my mind goes is Mm -hmm. people can relate to the feeling of being shamed Mm -hmm. so easily, but it's difficult for me to envision myself struggling the same way a Middle Eastern actor in Hollywood would, Mm. because it, doesn't resonate
2: with. Yeah. You. Well, I've got to say, I really, really hope that if Justine had been mm-hmm. black,
0: mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. would
2: have cared. People would have cared just as much. Yeah. But,
0: but um, you're probably right. Maybe they wouldn't have.
2: Maybe not. Maybe not. I, I mean, I don't know, but maybe and, not. And
0: do you see that the people that we choose
1: to shame are primarily? white and upper well, it's not- middle class or like you know they just it just seems like privileged privileged, yeah. Yeah.
2: privileged. well it, i mean obviously it's it's factional so you know people of color are getting bombarded by racists in yes. the way that that you know white people like us don't understand I guess white people like us are getting bombarded or you know by the by the the left the, the sort of misplaced social justice left in a way that other people don't understand women are being attacked by men in a way that men don't understand you mm-hmm. know positions harden lines get drawn this is I'm kind of quoting Obama here he, he said you know you see everybody retreating to their corners Everybody's hardening their positions, mm. nobody understanding each other. And, um, you know, it makes you think the center won't hold. Um, so I think, yeah, I think that's what I think.
1: CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find Love at First Drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be.
0: So, we're in our situation, because we are on reality TV, we feel like we've been publicly shamed, have you? But we've. Ours was self-inflicted. Yeah. So, um, what did he?
2: What did he do? Because I, I, I'm not familiar with the show that you were
0: on. Well, so I guess part of the problem is when you're on a reality show, you leave a lot of your identity in the hands of people that are trying to create a narrative. So you mm. don't have any uh, autonomy or say over your own the way you're perceived by other people. And yes. um so if you look stupid and you say dumb things, which we've been on so many shows that impossible not to do that every moment.
2: Yeah, now and, then. <laughs> yeah. and they they love it. They trick you into it, and you yes. have to create these false narratives. It's, it's despicable. Why why do you keep putting yourself through it? See, you know how...
0: <laughs> there you go. we we ask ourselves We're... this every day. We consider ourselves in an abusive relationship with. Yep um (laughs) reality television because we're like we're never going back and then they're like oh but you're so pretty okay i'll come back (laughs) it's just one of those things we're gluttons for punishment but Uh, i feel badly for these folks who have been shamed and they didn't volunteer mm -hmm. and
2: yeah same on the reality television of twitter right (laughs) it's similar um we uh, you know on Twitter, we see those tricks being utilized by, you know, Big Brother or whatever reality show it is, as being kind of despicable. And we do exactly the same thing to each other on social media.
1: Right. Oh yeah. my gosh, you're right. See, he's uh, right about everything. Gosh, <laughs> di- <laughs> you know, that's I've, how I've, I felt in this. book. I was just like,
0: uh, so many times, I me, we go, well, then, well, what I the know. heck? Yeah. What do I do? John, I have a question for you. Uh Uh-huh. Why is it that you are on a interview hiatus that you made an exception for?
2: Um, uh, I just got exhausted. Uh, (laughs) I I, I got, like, physically exhausted. Uh, Yeah. I got sick of talking about Justine Sacco. Um, (laughs) Yeah.
0: Poor Justine. Good
2: thing you brought it up, Suze. Yeah. <laughs> right? uh, I mean, I, I, I like Justine very much, and I really like the story that I wrote about her, but I got sick of talking about it. Sure. Um, I wanted to move on to other subjects. I got kind of sick of the sound of my own voice. Um, uh, the, the reason why I talked about this book so much is because I've always had this policy, like going back to my very first book, that if you're going to spend five years or four years writing a book, yeah. then you should promote it. You should talk about it once it's out for as long Long as people want you to talk about it. Yeah. And that's that's what I did with them and with the many goats and with the psychopath test. But what, and so that's, that was, it was within that spirit that I, I went into the publicity cycle of shames, not realizing that people wanted me to talk about it forever. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and I, and I, and I, did, we I all do that all about it. We all... Right. Um, so, so after a while, I just had to, I just had to stop. I mean, it was, it was turning me old. I was finding myself like, you know, Forget it. Let's just talk about floppy. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Let's get back to floppy. Well, just like, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm in my late forties now. So, you know, taking an overnight flight to Amsterdam and then doing a day of publicity in Amsterdam the next day, you know, you just feel like it's kind of, old man, you know, walking slowly, and, <laughs> and it's just, you know, I, I yeah, for well, so those of the reasons.
0: We're grateful yeah. that you made an exception yeah, in this Yeah, we really case. are. Yeah. Oh, no, that's, it's not, that's, let let me tell that's, you, Susie's
1: maybe your biggest fan
0: I am so oh. in love with you Dan. she's been dancing around <laughs> <Her> the
1: house <laughs> all morning there I said it Susie <laughs>
0: you know what he, nice. I realize of course that you're happily married but should your wife ever you know get leave uh, you or should your husband she shush <laughs> Sarah no I just think you're delightful and I'm really uh, interested in how you create what you create and I think it's a real art and so I'm grateful to you
2: Oh, you're so nice. I, I want to know more about um, like, what's happened on reality TV that you're sort of famous for.
0: Well, see, the trouble is they, the ones that we did, which were the challenge and the real world and road rules, they mm-hmm. mostly have a component of competition. And when mm-hmm. there's money at stake and also pride, then you're willing to do just about anything. In the moment, forgetting that, you know, four months, five months down the road, everyone's going to see it. And Uh so most recently, Sarah here participated in a challenge where she was given the choice to eat an entire birthday cake. Sheet cake. Entire sheet cake for 20 people. Or Uh run naked, completely naked, except for like knee pads, which is (laughs) even more embarrassing. And um, she chose the nudity because it was faster and, and she... <laughs> physically impossible to eat a, cheat, uh, a sheet cake. <laughs> right. And so then, when the episode came out, she had to relive it, and she felt like it was almost like PTSD. <laughs> and
2: oh God, I'm sorry. Because she didn't. Um, think your about... <laughs> response
0: is how most people respond. Like, and I'm sorry, but laughing through the whole time because she didn't. I think realize in this the digital age that there would not just be the video on tv but there would be stills of her completely naked wearing uh knee pads yeah. running like a oh i was forced into the choice
2: like gifts <laughs> I, I too like 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 Luke yeah. vines
3: yes yes oh
2: god and, so... and was it genuinely like 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 we're laughing but was it kind of genuinely yeah, like, yeah. um harmful to your to your kind of mental health yes Definitely.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. There were a yes, lot of tears.
2: Yeah. A lot. Right. And they know what they're doing, you know. Yes. I've got this friend, I mean, well, we follow each other on Twitter, uh, called Kitty Brucknell. Uh, people in Britain, anybody listening in Britain will probably recognize her name. So so she was a finalist on The X Factor, mm-hmm. which was our people's version of American Idol. <laughs> and um she was a bit older. She she was like, they, I don't know, maybe twenty-five, twenty-six, something like that. So she was like a little bit older um than the you know the eighteen year olds. And um and, and as a result, she was turned into, you know, they deliberately turned into like the crazy the crazy woman. Yes. Like and um and there mm-hmm. was this moment I remember having a conversation with her when she got through to the final. Like when she was told she'd gotten through to the final, she was sitting by a swimming pool in like Simon Cowell's house or something, and she told she got through to the final, and she leapt into the swimming pool like a joy, and it was played over and over again as "Look at how unhinged this woman is," and and she told me that they. Well, it's worse. This is about to get <sighs> worse. Because she told me later that they had um, suggested that she jumped into this one. Yes. yes,
1: that makes sense. Yeah.
2: yeah. Knowing she thought no. she was doing Gosh, it I would fun, have but they knew. Yeah. 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 Well, I kind of, I, I did actually write about this uh, to an extent in my book, The Psychopath Test. There's a, there's a couple of chapters about, about reality TV in, in my book, The Psychopath Test.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so you sorry, know, sorry. you know where we're coming from.
2: Oh, sure, absolutely, absolutely.
0: But we um, keep going back. So what's our excuse? Well, we're not anymore. We're saying <laughs> <around>. we're retired. <laughs> we're, we're strictly
1: podcasts.
2: <laughs> right. Well, that's good. Of course. Uh, I mean, some people, I'm sure, emerged from reality TV. You know, having had happy experiences. Um, yeah,
0: it's not all bad. But... It's just, so... I I mean,
1: in, in, in no way are we risky putting our lives on the line for our country or anything like that. But it's like if you, you know, go to war, you, depending on how, what, you know, how you, you get back your resources, what your past experiences were, what your coping mechanisms are, you know, right. you can have a very yeah. different experience.
2: And, and also like what this means that for society, it's, it's, um, as I say, in, in Shamed, you know, we define the boundaries of normality by tearing apart the people on the outside. Mm. And in, yeah. And in yes. part, that's what reality TV is all about. You know, they wanted Kitty Brucknell to jump into the swimming pool yeah. to, to show us that we're we're not like her. We're, we're better than her. We're wow. not an mm. like she is.
0: That's yeah. so troubling. And it's just the way it is, because they're trying to create an entertaining show. And Yeah, know,
2: absolutely. And I'm like, you know, I'm a fan of some of those shows. Yeah, I mean I, yes. I, I we can't stop yeah. watching them. Yeah. I mean I'm I'm definitely more of a fan of them when they don't do that, when <laughs> when they're more humanist. I yeah. remember the last season of Big Brother on Channel Four in Britain was this kind of beautifully kind-hearted humanist thing or well, that's certainly my memory of it
3: mm-hmm.
2: um and it was still incredibly entertaining and yet they weren't turning people into monsters
0: right um, and
2: people and people still loved it yeah, yeah that's it what people want i think
0: yeah yeah
2: hopefully well,
0: we'll at any around. rate we love you with all of our hearts and we are so grateful that you spent some time with us talking about your book and
2: took pleasure. a hiatus from your hiatus
0: yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. And um, what are you what are you both doing for the rest of the day?
0: Oh my gosh. I wish we could hang out and have I'm tea. going to class. I have uh, school.
1: Advanced uh, psychopathologies this evening. Yeah. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
0: Wow. <laughs> I'm getting my
1: master's in marriage and family therapy, so Right. Yeah. Oh,
2: cool. What are you doing? I am gonna walk downtown. Um Ted has started doing these little um, mini TED talks at their New York offices. Uh, and they've invited, as a previous TED speaker, they've invited me uh, to sit in audience. Oh, well, that's so,
0: way so more So that would be nice. I have to write wow. a letter to the Unabomber. <gasps> that's what you're doing? Oh, really? Yeah, he just wrote me. <gasps> and he, did he? Yeah, he did. We're pen pals. Oh, my god! And he wow. told me in this one that I could call him Ted because <gasps> I was calling him Dr. Kaczynski. <laughs> Right. Oh my god, That's it's so nice. creepy when I see the writing Oh yeah. gosh I'll, it tell it, really I'll send me, me your love, John
2: <laughs> Do, are you going to go visit him?
0: I wish, they don't let anybody in the Supermax since 9-11 oh. It's so annoying
2: Wow, no visitors
0: Not one, not even Oprah oh. Whoa If yeah. O can't get the interview I know, I'm screwed Unless, Sorry, her, unless yeah. their publicist at the jail is a big fan of uh, The, the challenge Yeah <laughs> i won't right. get in i wish laura worked there maybe uh maybe yeah. she put in a good good word <laughs> for
2: me get you in
0: right but anyway yeah. i'm sorry that we kept you so long but i'm so grateful thank you john
2: oh no that's my pleasure um and uh have have a good rest of the day wait
0: are we gonna be friends though or what
2: yes where do you where do you live what part of america are i'm you in, in l.a Okay, well, next time, I'm in LA all the time. I'm hanging around on porn sets. So next yeah, <laughs> time, <That's> um, so
0: <laughs>
2: um, She'll
0: stop we'll by.
2: coffee. All right. Yeah. And you,
0: you know what? I'm on Twitter. Find me. Hello. What are you doing? Okay. All right, friend. I will do. Thanks, John. <laughs> Have a great day. Okay.
2: Great talking to you both. Bye.
1: Bye. Well, that was lovely.
0: Oh, it's lovely.
1: He's great. I love him. Well, and I love that he basically confirmed all of the stuff that we thought about reality television and being publicly shamed and tied to that. So, anyways, we love him even more now.
0: Yeah, and I mean, just he's so interesting. Yeah, I can't like. I want to read the like psychopath that. test. Yeah, you got to read that. I gotta one. Got to read that. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, he followed me. Oh, instant. There you go. I. The gif that i put up of like i thought that the interview would Let end up me, me being like that's great. chris farley when he interviewed <laughs> paul mccartney because he's just oh. so cute and like adorable and he's self-deprecating and i love that he yeah. just it's lays perfect. it all out there he would actually make a great reality tv star because he's so um candid god he's the best <sighs> that was so great sarah i'm yeah. not over it I love that you're not over it. We should read, um, you should read The Psychopath. I definitely am reading that. And I need to read Men Who Stare at Goats. Yes. Which is also supposed to be amazing. Is that the one that was turned into the movie? Oh. Men Who Stare at Goats? I don't know. Is it the one, was the movie about, like, the military? Yes. Oh. (laughs) Did you see the movie? Yep.
1: It's hilarious.
0: It's with Uh. George
1: Clooney. Okay. It's one of those, Uh uh-huh. Oh, there's cult. a cult. No. Yeah, but there's like a name of the. You know the director who does a lot that are. Cohen brothers. It like, could be a Cohen brothers movie. I like, think it yeah. is.
0: Yeah, because he's like
1: very stylistic and and, and or Like Where for Arthur,
0: like, brother. You remember that one? Yes. Yeah.
1: Men who.
0: Oh my God, we're so unhinged right now. <laughs> we're still recording because I am. We're still
1: recording. Okay. I'm reeling was- from
0: John Ronson because. Okay.
1: Okay. Yes.
0: Let me wrap this up, and then I'm going to do an intro for it, because this oh. right here is a whole episode. Um, how nice was it to have John Ronson on the show? Wonderful. Author of So You've Been Publicly Shamed. You guys should grab it. Um, he also wrote The Psychopath Test, Lost at Sea, Men Who Stare at Goats. He's awesome. The book is a page-turner. But also join our book club.
1: Yeah, where we discuss exciting books like this.
0: Because you can learn so much about the world around you. And the cool thing is our book club's created such a great community. Mm-hmm. And these guys and gals talk about things that are substantive and not just superficial. Mm-hmm. So go to braincandypodcast.com and join the book club. And thank you, John Ronson, for coming on this freaking show. We got him off his hiatus. I love that. I love it too. He's the best. Bye, everybody. Say bye say See ya.